everyone. Welcome back to the table. This episode is going to be incredible. But to start off, I want to say our whole branding is live. Our website, our emails, our Instagram, uh, Facebook is on its way. (laughs) They are all up and we are now officially Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. I just need to tell you, I know I talked about this in another episode, but I just can't believe that it's ours. I think that when you see something come to life, when you work with a team of people who understand your vision and together you are creating this like a live version of what's been in your head for so long, it's just been so remarkable to me. And I have loved meeting you guys. I've loved seeing new people in our space and fresh comments and insight and oh, excitement. It's just been a really beautiful journey for us. And so if you haven't headed over to our website, this is what I'll tell you. If you head over, you can look on your phone. The computer, I think, is the easiest to navigate. You will see that we have three brands now. The Table by Gather, which is our series of workshops that you've probably seen or known us for on Instagram. Home by Gather, which is a line of entertainment wear with pieces that are practical and functional but that are so beautiful they're throwing the party for you. And Gather Wholesome Gourmet, which is our service for providing gourmet paleo cakes and charcuterie tables and boards to elevate your gathering. We'd love to come alongside you. So one company, three sub-brands, but all with the same mission of inspiring you and equipping you to get back to the table. So head on over there, look at all the information that we have. If nothing else, I just want you to appreciate the incredible design of my friend Aaliyah at the Legacy Branding Co., I will talk about her till no end because I've just never felt so heard as a business owner. And I mean, we've become friends. So she's heard me as a friend too. And she just knew my heart and just brought it to life. So head on over there. Let us know what you think. Click around and reach out. Let us know um, if you have any questions or if you're wanting to get involved in any way. So with that, I have a little bit of a funny story. So A lot of people were starting to follow us and message us in light of the launch, which we're really thankful for. And there was this one girl, you know, it notifies me when I get a new follow. And I just felt like you are supposed to talk to her. (laughs) So I have never met this girl in my entire life. And I sent her a message and saw that she was an interior design. So I was like, hey you want to be on the podcast? And she was like, sure. So yesterday we had a phone call just to get to know each other a little bit better. And she was so funny. She was like, I definitely thought to myself, does this girl message everyone that follows her? And I was like, oh, great. Katie the creep. So the answer is no, I don't message everyone that follows us. But I knew that there was something special about this girl, something that we needed to cover on the podcast. And she has a background in interior design, which I always wish that I did. So today's conversation is going to be really fun. But without further ado, I want to read to you her bio so you get a little bit more of a background on who she is. So today's guest is Brandy Brownlee Howard, an award-winning interior stylist based out of LA, but the real LA, Louisiana. (laughs) Specializing in residential and commercial spaces, Brandy strives to design unique interiors that will have a positive and lasting impact on our clients' lives. With more than 15 years of extensive and considerable experience, she possesses an innate desire to create and design spaces that exceed clients' expectations. With an eye for quality, a superior sense of style, and a client-centered approach to design, Brandy has proven herself as an innovative and creative voice in the ever-changing world of design. Brandy offers a balance of creativity, collaboration, and cohesiveness, 
combined with a forward-thinking mindset, innovative spirit, and inspiring ingenuity, resulting in a truly one-of-a-kind, unique product. Brandy is styled and designed for clients all over the world. Some of her favorite projects include residential projects in New York, Chicago, Dallas, and commercial spaces in Nashville, New Orleans, and Atlanta. She'll tell you where to follow her after, but you will not want to miss her behind the scenes on projects that she's working on, projects that she has worked on, and the inspiration that she gives along the way. So guys, let's not wait any longer. Let's get back to the table. Welcome to Making Room, where we aspire to inspire and empower you with the tools and the skills that you need to feel comfortable opening your doors and filling your tables. We understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable. And sometimes even just the thought of opening our doors is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing meaning, beauty, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. Hey guys, welcome back to the table. I feel like it's been a little while, but I'm so glad that you're here, that you came back. Today, we have um, a new friend on, but you just heard about her. She is incredible. I got to know her before you do, <laughs> and I'm so excited to share her with you. So welcome, Brandy. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Brandy, I want everyone to get to know you a little bit better. So how did you get into design? Well, first of all, thank you so much for um, having me on today. I'm very honored, and it was so fun connecting with you. I just felt like it was an immediate connection, so me That's too. always fun when you can do that on the interwebs. Yeah. Um, but I, for, I started my career as a as a prop stylist and a creative director. Um, I'd run all over the place, scouring, hunting for like the perfect detailed piece for a photo shoot, and uh, just to complete the look or the vibe I was envisioning. And uh, it sounds exhausting, I think, but. Um, I loved it. I still love it. Uh, and, and think it's where I kind of first, uh, cut my teeth, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in the design world. And it's also a skill set that, uh, I still incorporate to my styling process to this day. Well, I, I love that. And without going into your whole story, I know we talked a lot about it yesterday. I know the answer to this, but I want other people to hear it. Were you always in design? <laughs> I haven't been. Um, it's always been a passion of mine. It's always been, um, a love of mine that I've just kind of like done as a side gig. Uh, it's always kind of been therapy to me for the majority of my life. Um, but there was, um, and there has been a season where uh, I was in full-time ministry. Yes. So I've done so, a few things. And the reason I asked that is because it's kind of been a theme on the podcast, starting with me and then everyone I've interviewed since <laughs> that <laughs> where people are today, like in there pocket of life kind of thing, like their prime, it wasn't always the case. Like there was something that happened to push them into the shift. You know, does that make sense? Like, yeah. yes. So yes. yes. what was it from like career to design? Like what, what compelled you into this? You know, I always had friends that would be like, Brandy, you're so talented at this. You should really do this as a full-time career. Um, it's just what, you know, it's just kind of like how you're wired and you're gifted. And um, we just think you need to share that with the world. And I always kind of downplay that really, you know, um, I think what we gravitate towards you, you just think, oh, no one could really like mm -hmm. really, you know, you just think people are wired the same way you are. And it's just not true. But for the majority of my adult life, I would say that it was always my desire to be um, 
in service to to the Lord and to the church and to to his people. And so uh, in various capacities, I was on staff at a church that I was a girls minister for four or five years. I was also on staff at a nonprofit that helped and advocated for women and children in the sex industry um, and just getting them out and rehabilitated. Um, but, you know, as we were talking yesterday, <laughs> there are uh, different versions of that. And uh, and it gets a little messy, honestly. Uh, my story is not perfect. It's not uh, rainbows and butterflies. But kind of uh, found my, play, my myself in a place where kind of the rug had been pulled out from under me. And I didn't really know what my next move was. And uh, I had a tribe of women that rallied around me and um, just encouraged me. I had um, honestly uh, didn't know. It was like a 24-hour period of time where I had lost my place of living, my job, everything that I held dear and near to me. And uh, I had some beautiful friends who took me in and let me live with them for about a period of six months. And honestly, through that period of time, uh, I I was very uh, down. I was uh, very uncertain about what my next move move was. And the only thing that really just kind of brought joy to me, the only thing that really kind of just uh, motivated me to even get up out of the bed, honestly, was... um, just rearranging my friend's house. Like I would, I don't know if it was like some, some way of like control, but uh, she said that her husband would come home every day and they would never know what their house looked like. It was like, okay, is the furniture going to be moved around? Is she going to have a a new this, a new that? Is the wall going to be painted differently? And just through that, um, I just realized that number one, um, that I needed a break from ministry. Mm-hmm. and didn't feel like that or full-time, you know, quote unquote, uh, and that I needed a break and I needed to do something that was going to stir my passions and fulfill me. And really the only thing that has ever done that, um, besides, uh, serving people, um, is, is, uh, design. And so I just decided to go for it full-fledged and it's really cool. The Lord has really blessed it. Um, friends started asking me to come over and do their homes. They would see pictures. Um, and then also, uh, I got the opportunity to start a staging business too, for, uh, real estate, residential real estate. So anyway, it's been a fun journey. One that I would have never foreseen, but one that I'm very in love with. And it is in a way still serving people. I'm still getting to go into people's homes and hear their stories and meet them where they are. And um, it just looks different than, you know, like four walls of a church and a steeple. Oh, absolutely. But like we kind of joked about yesterday, the (laughs) no one loves the stories of like, you know, kids getting a million dollars and they're 18 years old to start a business (laughs) and then they're successful. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's always, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's skill and talent in there, too, that they had to operate in. But anyways, people need to hear the stories of, no, life was really hard, and I had to come to terms with this passion that I had or this talent that I had. And it was like a challenge. I'm not a challenge. If you guys saw my post, there's a picture of me arranging a cheese board. I wrote about this from my conversation with Brandy. I feel like there comes – there's like a crossroads in life where – 
I think that from the time we're little kids, we, we know what our gifts and talents are, but there comes to be a point in life where we tell ourselves or someone tells us that that can't be what we do to make a living. And we have, you know, we surrender the creativity, we surrender the gifts and talents, we quiet them and we choose career, but we're not operating in our full selves. And Mm. so I think that, you know, it's my story, it's your story and the stories that we've heard on this podcast before that it is possible (laughs) to operate in that gift and calling. And when we do, yeah, we are our full selves after that. It's funny. I, I, I'm actually, I, and I told you this yesterday that I'm actually a a unicorn in a sense. I'm an ordained Southern Baptist female (laughs) minister, which let that sink in for a minute. If you know anything about that or anything surrounding that organization or denomination that never happens. And so that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But uh, I love to tell people that because it just always throws them off their rocker. So yeah, I've done a few weddings and baptisms. uh, Uh So yeah, I can marry and bury you. (laughs) (laughs) As well as do your, I could also just design your whole wedding. I could officiate it. I feel like this is a business. I need to start it. Oh yeah, you do. See, things come to life here. No, (laughs) I think what I had a hard time articulating before, but wanted to say is like, even though our culture is veering away from this, we uh, keep ourselves confined by um, qualification, cer- certification, mm-hmm. credentials, all of those things. And we keep yeah. that as like a prison for ourselves to not operate in these areas. And I wrote this on the Instagram post. So I'll say it again today. Like if I could do it, I promise you can too, because mm-hmm. I'm a social worker with a rough background and everything in life says I shouldn't be here. So I love like my story. And I love when you're sharing your story too, because it's an invitation for people. Like if you have a spark. Like if there's something that you just feel is, you know, bubbling inside you, there's nothing holding you back really, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. That's so good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay. So that's how you got into design. And I know I want to stick to design today, but you're so (laughs) full of wisdom and life. I'll try not. (laughs) I'll try to balance it. So we know that design is for you. It was something that is just part of your design that you were born with. Would you say that design is for everyone? And when I'm asking this question, I mean, like, should everyone focus on design in some area of their life? You know, I really thought about that question. And I, um, I started kind of unpacking it. And, you know, I think sometimes the word design can be an intimidating term mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think people envision that's really expensive. It's you have to have a high end degree and all this jazz. Um, so I like to replace it sometimes with the word style. I feel like that's a way more um, inviting kind of term for people and something that they can understand. So um, I think they can just relate to that better, you know? So yes, um, I do think style is for everyone. I, uh, I think if you have a personality, uh, you have a style. And so I think it's just an extension of your personality, uh, what you're interested in, what you value, even your apathy or casualness toward it, I think is considered a style. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. As you're saying it, outward expression of our personality, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It really is. And, you know, some, a way in which a lot of people are like, I have no, you know, I meet with people all the time. I have no idea what my style is. I know what I like and I know what I don't like. 
but I don't know how to make it cohesive and all this. And honestly, a really simple way of maybe figuring out what your style might be is to just look inside your closet. I mean, your closet is a really great indication of what you're drawn to, of what you like. You know, if you're someone who likes neutrals and you have a lot of um, whites and blacks and tans, uh, it's probably not, you're probably not some real big on color. So I wouldn't suggest uh, putting, you know, a yellow wall in your house, you know? So it, it, that's a really great tool and a really simple way of just kind of maybe scouring and seeing, hey, okay, you know, if you're someone who likes a lot of pizzazz and, you know, you might be someone who's a little bit more daring and would like to play with color a little bit more. So yeah, that's kind of how I, that's just a real simple little way of figuring that out. I love that. Yeah. We often say in our business that we want to create um, a bridge and the gap that our culture has made between us and design. Just like you said, like our culture says that design is for the elite. It's design is connected to like high status or wealth, but it doesn't have to be that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that design is really important for hospitality and for us to feel comfortable in our spaces too. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I believe that good design or style can create connection. Um, you know, when you can create a, a visually impactful space, mm-hmm. make it interesting, make it memorable, uh, you feel emotionally connected. Um, I don't know. I, I believe good designer style can play such an important role in fostering connection in our relationships, honestly. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. That's really good. And I remember we've said this story before, um, I think on last week's episode, when we moved to Thailand, our leaders said, make sure that your space is an oasis. Make sure that you invest in your space so that when you're done doing the heavy work on the field and you come back home, you are at rest. And for me, it was the pillows that I had on my couch and the mm-hmm. art hung on my wall. Like that was, mm-hmm. that was me. That made me feel safe. You know, you, mm-hmm. you hear the word nesting when moms are getting ready to have kids, I guess. I haven't, you know, experienced that, but yeah. Um, you're wanting essentially this baby to feel like they belong and you're creating a space that you're going to spend a lot of time in the next few weeks. <laughs> and right. I wish that our culture accepted that as more of a norm and gave ourselves permission to do that across life. So absolutely. You know, what is that Maya Angelou quote? People will forget what you say. People will forget what you do, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And I probably just butchered that, uh-huh. but That really is something I try to keep in the back of my mind when I'm creating a space, when I'm creating an atmosphere. What is the feeling uh, that I want people to feel, you know? And uh, I try to keep that in mind when I'm, I'm creating spaces. Yeah. And I think we're at a funny point in culture where my grandparents' generation still had white rugs that you couldn't walk on and furniture with plastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I know their stories. I know their heart. Like they wanted to communicate wealth and that they have arrived, you know, like their, their house, they were trying to put a false persona on their style. You know, it wasn't really them. And therefore people didn't really feel comfortable in their house. And so, you know, I'd like to say that we've broken that in culture, but I also don't know if we have, but I'm thankful for people like the Joanna Gaineses and, you know, other people that are really focusing on integrating style and personality. It's important. Absolutely. And, you know, I think I shared this a little bit yesterday, but I I have been in very humble homes. I have been in homes where, you know, uh, just 
aesthetically, it probably wasn't the most uh, visually um, impactful, but I have felt so uh, invited in. I have seen, I was, I was seen, I was heard. I felt warmth. I felt love. Mm. I felt uh, connection. And then the, the opposite is true. I've been in some of the most beautiful homes, things, homes that could be, you know, written up in architectural digest for events and still felt so alone and unseen and not heard um, and, and not really valued. And so um, I think it's really just setting the stage, you know, setting the stage for people. It's funny. Uh, I knew we were having this podcast when you asked me last week or so. And um, I sent out a uh, kind of a quick text message to a, to a few friends of mine. And I just asked them, I said, hey, you know, people who I think really do this well, who really um, excel at hospitality, who really excel and um, welcoming people into their home and making them feel special. And so I just kind of went through, you know, the gamut of people and it ranges age, it ranges, you know, um, race, it, it, it just, it just spans. And so it was so interesting. They all sent back kind of the same thing and it was all, you know, warm, inviting, um, I, you know, I want people to feel uh, heard. I want people to feel seen. And I think if you can um, just keep that in the back of your mind, um, you know, just being authentic, you know, um, and, yeah. and people want to feel valued and celebrated. I think that is uh, really the bottom line. You know, you don't have to have the fanciest sofa and living furniture. There are certain things that you can do. Yes, little tricks here and there that you can do to, um kind of enhance that but as long as you are listening to people hearing people valuing people celebrating them and making them feel special want, wanted you know I've also been in homes where it's like like it's just very obvious they want you to leave you know what I mean it's been like that they're like hey I have people in my family like that you know it's like Okay, at nine o'clock, it's very obvious we want yeah. you to leave. It's been, you've worn out your welcome, so it's time to go, you know. And, and nobody wants to feel like a burden, nobody wants to feel like, oh, you know, I want to go over to their house, but I know they only have a certain threshold, you know, you know what I mean? So it's just like those people who like have swung their doors wide open and have just really made you feel a part of who they are, um, and in their family. Um, I think are the ones that really excel at hospitality. Yeah, I know this is really silly. So I used to, I was a career nanny for a while. So I nannied full time, like as a job before we moved mm -hmm. to Stanford. And this family had this blanket basket, which I guess is really common. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And they had one next to like every couch. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, you know, like if I sat down, that would make me feel like get cozy, settle in kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I also love when people have um, like coffee and tea bars in their kitchen. Like yes. everything is very clear and it's like, no, I want you to sip on this and stay a while kind of thing. And it's all right here for you. Yes. And, and, you know, when you were asking me about what are certain little things that you can do each room of the house, like a living room or kitchen. One of the things that I was thinking for a living room is, is a basket full of blankets and throws like coziness, uh -huh. you know, and uh, making people feel, you know, and then situating your uh your furniture and you know I learned this really in staging that you want to really um 
kind of place your furniture in a way that is conducive for conversation. So let's say it's an open floor plan and you want to set your couch kind of in the middle of the room and the back, you know, is backed up to the kitchen. You want to actually open that up. So you want to move that, you know, into a way that you actually have um, more space to sit and have eye contact and conversation because you don't want to do anything that could physically cut off that flow. Um, so those are just like little simple things that I thought of, you know, like a fireplace, uh, opening windows, cutting fresh flowers, you know, um, yeah. and even if you don't have flowers, you could go out and for, I've done this a thousand times for events, foraging out and what you have, you know, and, and, and making, making something unique and, going really just going that extra mile you know as as far as the kitchen I think the open you know I'm we're I'm from Louisiana okay so spirits <laughs> is a real big deal for us you know? so you know having you know spirits available or uh you know coffee uh you know little I love a charcuterie tray oh it's my love <laughs> love it so I was so excited when you you kind of specialize in that I'm like oh I love it that's what me and my my little supper club we just love charcuterie trays so we're always trying to do something fun and different with our char- charcuterie trays so, but that is like we throw in some good music and uh candles I always have candles on hand too I think that's a really simple way of setting I don't really like a whole lot of light have very light eyes and sensitive eyes so I like to like dim the lights you know set the mood turn on some good music hipster cocktail uh, party on Spotify (laughs) is my jam anybody out there and then uh, you know light some candles get a charcuterie tray and we're good to roll we are soul sisters I (laughs) would It was, it's so funny. I'm like writing notes down here of things that I was thinking too. And I always, like, if you're at my house, my lights are never fully on. You know, I, we have the dimmer and I'm always dimming my lights and I always have candles going. <laughs> my brother-in-law, <laughs> my brother-in-law jokes. He's like, cause my sister's also redheaded, has light eyes. And he's like, y'all are like a bunch of vampires. He was like, turn on some lights in here. I'm like, no, no, let's just keep it dimly lit. I just, I can't, I can't deal, deal with that exposure. That's so funny. And <laughs> like, no, but seriously, they're like setting the mood. And, you know, we talk about it with like dates and whatever, but I think really setting the mood for company, like, do you want people to feel rested? Dim the lights, you know, like, yeah. Is it a more intimate setting? Um, if, if it's a celebration, maybe turn more lights on. I don't know. But yeah, I, I always have a candle lit. Mm, and love another, it. another family whose house I spent a lot of time in, they had music playing 24-7. And she had said that she read some kind of article from Psychology Today that just said it really helped you know, like intelligence and stuff. And they were very musical, this family. But I think it just helps my mood, too. Um, Absolutely. So the mood of a gathering. Absolutely. And here's the biggest no-no. Turn that dumb black box off. That TV is just nothing but disconnecting us, honestly. Unless it's like the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, I get that. But like everything else, it's just a distraction, you know, like uh, uh, the any kind of screen, you know, for the most part. And I get it's different for maybe females and guys, but you know, women, we just want to sit around and chit chat and, and get to know each other. And, and it's just really hard to do that with, with the boob tube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember when we were in Thailand and 
I really needed community and I didn't know what to do except invite a bunch of girls over that didn't know each other, didn't know me. And I had set up stations in my house. Um, I didn't really have a plan. I, I wasn't skilled at doing this yet. <laughs> and I didn't want to have a rigid agenda, but I just kept set up stations. So I had the cheese board over there. I had a drink station and then we were doing um, make your own mask. You know, we we're doing face masks. Love it. And the gathering kind of ran itself. Once you tell people where things are, um, that kind of, this is a different spin on design, but very clearly placing things out for your guests. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. It makes the gathering way way more clear. Yeah. And I'm someone that I I don't really like to have a real rigid plan. Okay. Now yeah. it's five o'clock and now we will do this. And now it's six o'clock and we will do this, you know, yeah. I like to let it kind of ha- have its own little organic flow. So you provide the home or the space you provide, you set the tone, you set the, you set the ambiance, you invite you invite you also have to keep in mind your your invite list list do you know what I mean for sure um some personalities may not jive with another personality so you know you got to think that you got to think about that but inviting you know people that play well together (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um and just kind of like I don't know I love this I have so many friends from so many different walks of life Mm-hmm. And it has been my favorite. In fact, for a, a birthday party a couple of years ago, I had friends that I knew uh, in my in my really young, right out of college years, young professional years when I lived in Texas, and um, and then I had friends from that I grew up with, and then I had friends from college, and then friends that were in my life currently in that season, and um, and so. I was, it was a real gamble. Honestly, I was like, I wonder if, if I could just invite them all. They don't really all know each other. They kind of know each other and see what happens. And it was, oh my gosh, it was the most spectacular, magical evening. Um, of course it was at my good friend's house who is an, a remarkable hostess and was able to just like coordinate it all so well and brilliantly, but you know, people to this day still, that's been four or five years ago, still coming. Oh my gosh, that birthday party. Oh, that was so fun. That was so, that was just so magical. We fostered, you know, connection. We fostered getting to know each other and, you know, it was fun. They got to all tell stories of how they knew me and, um, it, it, it was just fun. And so, uh, I just say, you know, just, it's not that hard. It's, it really isn't. Um, uh, I think the the larger the number of people, it gets a little difficult um, because connection can be kind of hard in big settings. But, you know, just continue to have those little pockets of people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all throughout so, the evening. I love that. Yeah, I am thinking of a few other things for the people that might just be stuck with their space. They're like, I mm-hmm. just don't know. I have my couches, I have my paintings, something's missing. So for me, you guys probably know this, I say this a lot too, (laughs) Um, we're in a temporary rental that's fully furnished and there's not much that I could do to make it my own style yet. But a few weeks ago, I went out and just got a whole bunch of greenery that was my Mm. style. And so I have greenery in all the pockets that I felt just needed a little life. Um, And I cannot even tell you, I just like breathe deeper. (laughs) Yes. When I plants, so it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be really expensive <clears throat> furniture or anything like that, right? No, absolutely not. And, you know, I, I like to tell people three of the easiest ways and the cost, most cost-effective ways that you could really transform a space are through paint, 
are through um, textiles like rugs, pillows, throws, lighting. Lighting makes such a huge difference. And people think it's so expensive and it's so laborious and it really is not. You can get some really cool fixtures from, you know, really economical and uh, it really is not hard to change it out. And, uh, you know, they have YouTube videos for that kind of thing, but um, it really does make a difference. And plants, girl, yes, I am jungle. That is my people, you know? <laughs> so I mean, I'm like, Oh, what does it need? Put a plan on it. Mm, yeah. That's what we need. We need to put a plan on it. Yep. So yeah, that is so easy. You know, I think another thing is, is really just looking at your furniture and just looking at scale and balance. And, um, you know, if you have a lot of square looking things, add some circular things in there, you know, contrast, play with that. You know, I think those are all some helpful little ways of of kind of helping your space. Mm -hmm. So obviously you have an account that's active with your projects and things that you're doing. Who do you turn to for any kind of design inspiration? Hmm. Uh, like, per, like famous people or just people like that are mm. my, like normal people that I just, just I guess know. anyone. Yeah. Anyone that inspires you. So I have, um, I have a few accounts that I like to follow. Honestly, I'll tell you this. I, I'm a true creative. I and yeah. some, <laughs> what I mean by that, I have a love hate relationship with Pinterest. Okay. Ah. I, I appreciate Pinterest for what it is, but I try not to get on there and really look a whole lot um, because I then get into like the, I feel it stifles me. I feel like it's for me personally. Now, not everyone's like this. People don't have this type of brain. And and I, and I totally acknowledge that. But like for me getting on Pinterest sometimes, it's just like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing, you know? Yeah. So I, honestly, my own imagination, my own creativity. Um, I thought everyone, you know, dreamt (laughs) like that and had those visions, but they don't, um, which is why people hire me to do those things. But I do think Pinterest is really great for people who are more calculated, who are more methodical in the way, you know, they need a checklist, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that's a great tool for people. And a lot of times in my consultations, what I'll do is, is I'll ask, you know, I'll ask several things. I, I'm like a investigative reporter a little bit and almost a design therapist <laughs> mixed into one. But uh, I, you know, I ask tons and tons and tons of questions. I think one of the marks of a great designer is being a good listener uh-huh. and then kind of hearing what their dislikes and likes are and taking and pinpointing their style and just kind of elevating that a little bit for them. Um, but one of the things I, I like to do is, is I'll ask them, you know, what are three adjectives that you want your home and your, this space to feel like when you walk through the doors or a uh, visitor walks through the doors? So we go from there. And then I'll say, you know, what would you say is your personal style? And, you know, some people might say, oh, I love mid-century modern. Oh, I love traditional. Oh, I love you know, farmhouse, shabby chic, whatever it is. And I'm like, okay. And what I have found in my experiences is people actually don't know what their true style is. They might say it's something. And then when you get into it and you start 
hammering it out and you start showing them things and they're like no I don't like that and I'm like well you said you like mid-century modern so we, you know, like, we got a confusion here so one of the things that I do love Pinterest for is it is a great tool for me to really nail down someone's style so what I'll do is before the even a consultation I'll say hey I want you to go pin uh, some pictures of uh, living rooms that you like and then I want underneath that picture I want you to tell me explicitly descriptively what you like about it is it the furniture is it the flooring is it the lighting is it the paint color what is it specifically and what you'll start to see is a pattern you'll start to see a pattern that this person likes or what you like and then you that's a really great blueprint for you to move forward and so I those are I honestly that is, those are the things that I use in the whole design process, I go back to what they told me their three adjectives are. And I'm like, okay, if it's not, let's say it's warm, eclectic, and um, modern. If it doesn't fit within those boundaries, we don't do it. You know, we don't do it. And so, and then, and then their, their, their photos, you know, that they pinned, I, I go back to those a lot to kind of, I love that because you're right. There are two ways to look at Pinterest. And I think it is based on personality type too. Like real creatives, of course, your brain is thinking so out of the box. Like, I love that you are the one inspiring people. So people would come to you for that inspiration. You see what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think I might fall somewhere in the middle where I need ideas, but then I use those ideas to launch my own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's, you know, um, I used to get really frustrated early on in my career because you know in this world in this design world you can't really trademark anything you can't really have a patent on anything it's because it's too abstract right so like I would get really frustrated when I would see my original or quote original ideas or things um that other people would you know try to take and do on their own and I would get really offended by that yeah and one day I just realized, I don't know if it was God, the Holy Spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it. But I just remember, I just sat there and I thought, you know what? There's nothing new underneath the sun. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, you know, it's been going on since the, you know, I might think I'm the only person that has come up with this, but I guarantee you how arrogant of me to think that in 2020, that there was no one that came before me to think of that, that, you mm-hmm. know quote unquote original idea. So I had to let that go, you know, and I had to change my perspective on it and think, you know what, I need to, I need to keep doing what I'm doing and what I am good at. I don't need to base it, you know, because comparison, fear of man, all that comes into play. You just need to put your head down, do what you do, do what you do well, because there's only one of you and no one's going to do it quite like you they might try to do it like you or take do a a version of that but no one's going to do exactly what Katie is capable of doing does that make sense and so it's not going to have you know I might I might could take see what you do and and go and recreate but honestly you just have to let that go and go you know what people are people and um there's nothing new underneath (laughs) the sun and so you just got to roll with it and you can't take it personally you and I have both talked about Kobe Bryant quite a bit the last few days and like everything mm. happened and he had a quote. I'm going to, I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm not going to say it for, um, word for word, but essentially he said, I don't want to inspire to be, I don't want to inspire people to be like me. I want to inspire them to do whatever they do well. Mm. And 
I love that. And I think, I think our culture needs more of that too. Like we're, we're a culture that's wanting to like fit the mold, fit in, you know, no, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Be what everyone else is being, but really I actually love your response to that question, who you follow, because I think it's a form of courage to just show up the way that we are. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like Mm -hmm. trusting what we have, our voice, our talents. Um, And when we look at society, the world, human race as a body, and we're all a different part of the body, if we're all trying to be just one, we can't function properly, you know? Mm. So yeah, I think that is actually a really beautiful response and a reminder to all of us. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's definitely designers and bloggers and people that I so admire and so feel inspired by, Um, you know, and honestly, like I said, nothing is truly original because here's what I say. You know, I think my design is really a reflection of who I am in, in this world and my experiences and my story. And so I'm looking through it through a different lens than you would because you have different experiences and, than I do. So let's say, you know, um, I've traveled to Italy and I see the great architecture from Europe. And um, but I'm also a southern girl. You know, I, I have Louisiana roots. So I love New Orleans architecture. I love, you know, Southern architecture. And so, you know, but then, you know, I love um, textiles. I've been to the Middle East and I let, you know what I mean? So it's really, for me, it really is just a uh, conglomeration of the things that I, and I kind of have just taken things that I've just have really spoken to me that really I love. And that is how I kind of have put my spin on it. Yeah. You know, I had a consultation not that long ago where the the couple, um, I was asking them their particular style, what they were drawn to and all that. And then they asked me, they said, what's your style? And so I told them, but I think the mark of a great designer is not to try to force your own personal style onto someone, yeah. but to really listen to what they like. Because at the end of the day, Brandy Howard is not going to be living in your home. Mm-hmm. You are. And so it's almost like you're a guide or a, a coach, you know, you just kind of steer them. Um, but it's, it's very, it's very much a, um, like a client base or client driven process. In my opinion, I don't want to ever come and be like, Oh, I don't, I would never want someone to come in and be like, Oh, Brandy Howard did this space. I can totally tell, you know, um, I, I, I would like for people to say, oh, it's so, it's so that person, you know, it's so Katie. It, oh, I love it. How did you get there? Well, I had this really great help, you know, and it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I would never want to force that because then that doesn't feel authentic and that's incongruent with who you are at and who you show up to be in the world. It is funny. You know, I love the Gaineses and everything they're doing. I love how humbly they're approaching their platform, all of that. Anyways, coming back to America I felt like America was screaming, you have to have a farmhouse style house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was Hobby Lobby, by the way. I was there the other day. Everything (laughs) is farmhouse. (laughs) Oh, man. And I was like, no, no, no. I need some glitz. Like, I need shiny. I need shiny. And I was like, I would, I think it's really beautiful. I can appreciate the style. But for my house, it does not scream belonging for me. It's not a reflection of who I am. And so I don't know, it's been really funny. Like as I'm starting to create my space and certain people's reactions, it's like, yeah, it's different, but it's me, you know, Mm -hmm. that's right. That's exactly right. I love it. 
I love it. And we need to give ourselves permission to, I love that. Use the lenses of our life, like our different experiences to create our space. That's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Love that. Okay. So you answered a few of these questions already, but these are the Mm -hmm. questions that we finish with with every guest. So what about a gathering that you felt belonging at made you feel that sense of belonging? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's, I love that question. I think that's such a great question. Um, so I don't know, maybe like a year and a half ago, uh, I got a text message from a friend of mine who lives in North Carolina and, uh, is in a band, a little folk Americana band, uh, that was doing a tour of the South. And, um, he was like, Hey, we're coming through your town. Um, would you be open to doing or hosting a home concert, a home Uh, little get together and we come and play get some of your friends together and uh and it was like I had like 24 hours to like really figure it out you know and I at first you know my panic was like oh perfectionism was starting to set in I was like I don't know if I can do this like oh there's so many you know and I'm like no I'm gonna do this I, I we would miss out on an opportunity so I teamed up with my friend Heather and this is also the same individual who hosted my birthday party that I talked about mm-hmm. uh, that was so awesome. Um, and she has this amazing, magical, like, farmhouse out on this property. And she has, like, you know, lights all strung up outside. She has these great, like, garage um, opening doors that come up into her living room. It's amazing. Like, it's just so amazing. And um so I called her and she's just like the hostess with the most is, or we teamed up together. And I was like, Hey, can we do this? And she was like, absolutely. We can do this. So we sent out a few text messages to some friends who we thought would be down for an impromptu little gathering like that. And so what was going on was that, uh, his name is Brent, Brent and, um, and Ben, they, they had a, like a gig, I think in Mississippi, and then they had a gig, um, in Dallas. And so there, there was like a day or two in between, they didn't really know where to, to go. So they're like, Hey, let's call Brandy up. So anyway, we did that. And let me tell you, it was one of the highlights of probably my life. It was so fun. It was so fun. And here's what happened. We sent out probably, I don't know, 25 to 30 text messages to friends. And we were like, Hey, um, there's not going to be, you know, a cover charge, but if you'll just bring kind of, I mean, quote, this is such a church word, but a love offering, yeah, you know, yeah. and, um, we'll provide the food. We'll provide the spirits. If you want to bring a bottle of wine, that's great, but just bring yourself and a friend, you know? Um, and so what we did is we just, we've just, kind of brought all the furniture into the center of the room and we kind of brought some chairs and it was magical. It really was. It was beautiful. It was a fall night. They brought their banjos and all of their musical instruments. And we just sat there underneath the stars in this home with the, you know, like a little fire burning and got to listen to some of the most incredible music. And it was just such a neat time of connection. The food was remarkable because my friend is like, just ridiculous. <laughs> so, and um, we just had the best time, and people still talk about that to this day about how cool that experience was. We want more of that, and uh, you know, we didn't really try to polish it, it was just kind of like real and raw and authentic, and it was just great. And everybody came from kind of not everybody was just like knew each other, there were people from different, you know, spheres of our lives, and it was just beautiful. 
I think it's so good to hear stories like that where people from different um, circles of life come together and it works <laughs> because yes. I think so many times we're scared to do that. And it's like, just try it. Maybe it won't, it but great. yeah. Yeah. People need spaces to meet other people. They're craving it. Yep. Yes. Okay. What is something that you've eaten lately and loved? Mm. Oh, that's such a good question. Cause I like all the food. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking back to my, um, birthday party back in November my friend kind of made up this dish where it was like baked brie yeah o-m-g she like I don't even know what she did but like maybe she put some like all this stuff in it like like jelly almost I guess or preserves and nuts and all these things and then she baked it and there was like this caramelization (gasps) honey Ah, took me to the third level of heaven. It was so good. It was so Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been craving that, and I haven't had it since November, but uh, I'll have to see if I can get that recipe and let you know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, on our online store, we have a baked brie dish, so you put it all in there. Uh Uh-huh. And it does, like, the caramelizing for you and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's killer. (laughs) Oh, it was I know. I know. Girlfriend. <laughs> Typically in New England, we only eat it around Christmas, but why? You know? <laughs> I know. Why can't we do that in July? I yes. don't know. <laughs> okay, we'll start it. We'll yeah. start it. Yeah, but I will have to say, technically, I just had crawfish because crawfish season just started here in Louisiana. So okay. I'm going to go with my official answer as crawfish because <gasps> I love crawfish. Oh my God. <laughs> I've never had it. Oh, sister, come on down. We'll I know. Ya. I will. I will. <laughs> um, okay. Last thing. What have you found beautiful lately? Could be anything. Mm. You know, in this particular season um, of my life, it's been kind of sad. My dad yeah. has been ill. And um, <clears throat> there's two things that came to my mind when you said this. And so I'll just say them both. Yeah. Um it hasn't been the most fun. Um, he's been in the hospital for a month now and, um, it's just, it's just hard some days, you know? And, um, but one of the things that stuck out to me was, um, my mom and him, uh, in the hospital and how she has been caretaking him and, um, you know, brought that in sickness and in health you know, it's easy to love people when they're healthy and when they're, it's easy in life and yeah. we're on our high, but like when it's in the the valleys or when we're in the trenches, um, that's to me is so beautiful. Um, so that's one, one aspect of that. And then, you know, a couple of days ago, we got the tragic news of the passing of Kobe Bryant. And I'll tell you, man, I am not a sports person. I'm not a huge basketball person, but that has really affected me. And, um, and I wasn't prepared for that. I don't think. Um, but it's almost kind of like he was a kid that we grew up with Mm -hmm. and, um, and just, it, it just has felt so uh, personal in so many ways. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's how I felt. And so I've just been like looking online at his story, at his life, hearing all of these amazing stories of how he never wanted the credit for like going to see kids in the hospital, you know, for make a wish. He never wanted to publicize that and how like he was like the number one person for the make a wish list 
people and he always fulfilled it. And, you know, he just his life was beautiful, honestly. But last night, I think Sports Center um, posted a post about just some like everyday videos that you take, you know, like on Instagram or Snapchat or something of the family. And you got to see little snippets of their family. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Girl, that about took me out. But one of the most beautiful poignant <laughs> moments and, and it's so crazy because life is 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 you know highs and it's lows but a lot of life is in the in between in the middle right it's it's the um the everyday stuff that the mundane and um you know when they were doing these little snippets you never you could just see you, the humanity you could just feel it the connection but one of it was it was his beautiful wife, Vanessa, it was Gigi and it was him. And they were at a Taylor Swift concert and you could just tell they were so happy. You could tell that Vanessa and Kobe were so excited to provide that experience for their daughter to, um, to connect in that way. And I probably watched that video like 25 times because I thought it was so beautiful. It was just an everyday event, uh, a dad and a mom just loving on their kid, wanting them to have a great experience and memory and um, how that was just captured um, because I, I just related to that. You know, I was, a, you know, I was that kid, you know, um, and then the hashtag girl dad and how he was the fierce supporter for women and uh, women in sports. And I don't know, I just, I felt, I feel like his whole life was beautiful and his, and his beautiful daughter. So those are the things that I have found beautiful lately. And it may not be, it may be kind of weird or morbid, no. but um, no, those are the things that I have found beautiful lately. Well, that's why I asked the question, because life is hard. Life's heavy. We're all going through stuff, and yet we're surrounded by beauty, and I don't want us to forget that we are. And so (laughs) this is, like, going to make me sound even weirder. I poured my coffee this morning, and the steam coming off the top, (laughs) it was so beautiful, and that moment was just so still. (laughs) I just haven't appreciated stillness to notice the little things lately, and so I want us to be aware of those things and I want us to find beauty even in grief and um, it's not natural to me. And so I'm asking this question for myself too, you know, every time I ask it. So um, no, no wrong answers. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, gosh, it's a heavy point to leave off at, but I think we're all feeling it. <laughs> and I was trying to, I was trying to come up with a joke. You know, I'm a seven in, in real life. And so a seven on the Enneagram, because I really want to, <laughs> end on a really happy high note but I'm trying to no it's to, real. to be in that moment you know and, um, yeah yeah so. it's real so tell people if you want people to find you where yeah. they can find you <laughs> <laughs> well I hang out a lot on Instagram um it is uh at Brandy Brownlee b-r-a-n-d-i-b-r-o-w-n-l-e-e um, and that's kind of how I've probably known, like if you were to Google Brandy Brownlee, um, that's probably Brownlee is my, is my, um, not my maiden name. It is my, uh, middle name. It's a family name. And so, uh, that, and that's also my email. It's, uh, Brandy, Brandy Brownlee at Gmail. Um, so I'd love to, uh, connect with you guys and, uh, hear more about, uh, your life too. So. Incredible. Well, thanks, Brandy. Thanks for being here. And I'm sure this is not the last you'll see Brandy around gather, but for now, (laughs) thanks guys. Have a great day. Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by The Table by Gather. Do you follow us on Instagram? Have you been on our website? One of our brands is called The Table by Gather and it's where we teach you how to make beautiful, effortless charcuterie and appetizer boards. You come to our class, we have everything set up like an art palette. We work together one element at a time to end up with a beautiful masterpiece. Our favorite part of these workshops is seeing you guys come in, doubting your abilities, and leaving, realizing that you can create what you are seeing online. Listen, that is not the ultimate goal, though. We love empowering you with the tools and the skills that you need to get back to the table, and these workshops do exactly that. Guys, they are at vineyards, breweries, gift shops, all of your local favorites. Most of them are in New England right now, but if you are anywhere across the country and you think that there's a need for us to come to you, DM us because we are not opposed to coming to where you are. So if you are interested in coming to our table, make sure to head on over to our website and use the code MAKINGROOM for $5 off your ticket. We'll see you there. As always, guys, if you love this podcast, what is most helpful for us is if you could head over to wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a rating, leave a comment so that other people know that sitting at our table is worth their time. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. See you next time.